back for Enlighten Up. You are tuning in to episode six, A Love Conspiracy, Chemicals versus Spirituality and Being Selfish versus Disney Expectations. We have all been taught a very, very romantic story about what love actually is, but truth be told, it's not really working for anyone. So we're going to really deconstruct what love is versus what we've been taught. And we're going to talk about the impact of how being selfish can actually help your relationships. But before we get into that, we're going to start talking about spirituality and chemicals when it comes to love. Michael's got a little bit of a jaded perspective on love so we're gonna listen to that but we're also joined by a very good friend of ours Brian so that he can bring in another male perspective into this topic while we even out the playing field with Lisa and I so let's jump in and find out what all four of us had to say Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. Today's episode is about love and relationships. And I have Michael and Lisa with me, but we also have a guest in today to offer us another male perspective as we think that this topic of love and relationships should be pretty balanced. So we decided to bring another male perspective and we've brought in our friend Brian. Brian, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Nicole? Thanks, everybody, for having me. I'm really excited. We're happy to have you on, and uh, I think it's going to even things out, even the playing field out for Michael, right, Michael? I just don't bring enough masculinity to this group. (laughs) I don't think that's what she meant. That's not what I meant. I did not say that. (laughs) Brian's giving it out. I'm on Team Skeptic. Uh, there we go. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you're, you're both the males, and you're both on Team Skeptic. So that's good. That's good. Bring it. We're, we're, we're we love the skepticism. <laughs> so today we're talking about love and relationships because we kind of ended off in episode five talking about that. So why don't we go straight into what love is? Because I think um, the world has a pretty effed up version of what love really is. Um, Brian, since you are the honorable guest today, why don't you tell us what love is for you? Well, I, I think before I say that, I think it's, it's, I think it's fair for the listeners to know that I, I think one reason I'm here is because I'm in love with one of the, the panelists. Um, Lisa Aww. and I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Michael. Lisa oh. <laughs> are in love and I'm really I'm really honored um you know to bring that perspective not just about love but also you know in the the bigger picture of everything you guys are are talking about um but to me love gosh I, I I was I was married for 14 years and and I am pretty sure I was never in love um, certainly loved my ex-wife, um, especially as the, the mother of our daughter. But, you know, after finding real love or true love, as they say, I, you know, I think it opens my eyes to the past to know that I probably was not in love before. 
and and that's a, a sad thing, but it's also a happy thing, you know, going going forward. But I I I'm really interested. Uh, you know, one thing Michael said in the in the first in the first podcast, he talked about how the church indoctrinates us with certain beliefs, and I think our families and how we grow up, how we're raised, the, the communities we're raised in, the schools we go to, um, society in general indoctrinates us with certain beliefs about not necessarily what is love, but what is relationship. And I think we go about our lives looking for something. I think, I think a lot of people on the planet, they want to be in relationship and, and we, we, we drag around, we, we look at relationship through those glasses, through those, through those beliefs. And to me, what I, what I've realized is love is blind. It, it, when you find love, you, you don't worry about those beliefs. You're just in that moment, in, in that feeling, in love. Well, would you say though, that, that not necessarily that love is blind, but love is non-judgmental? Sure, I think I think that's a, a, a yeah ma- yeah maybe that is more accurate. Uh, and again, you know, for me, it's it's just experiences, it's little things. Um, I remember the first time I I felt love. It was after I was married. I I was uh, I was actually living in China at the time, and I met someone, and she had physical characteristics that I probably would have felt, you know, that I I was not attracted to. And when I realized I was in love with that person, none of those things mattered. And I know that's a small or maybe trivial way to oversimplify it, but it was really profound to me. So what do you think... So how, okay, so you were married to someone for quite a long time and you never felt in love, as you say, and I know Lisa has a thing to say about that, but um, what was different for you in what you thought, what you thought love was when you were married versus when you really understood love? Well, I, I, I think it's because when I got married, I didn't get married because I was in love. Mm-hmm. I got married because it was the next checkbox on my list of things to do after I, you know, graduated college and, and became a young professional. Um, and my priorities were in the wrong order. I was not getting married for love. I was getting married to get married. Well, I think that's a big that's a big thing. I think that happens a lot. I think a lot of people Absolutely. end up get getting married because they think that's what the next evolutional like the next step in the evolution of life is, you know, you get a job, you get security, you get a wife or a husband, you have kids, you know, you get your house and you just follow this um belief of what you, everyone believes their lives are supposed to play out like. It's like we all are supposed to live the same story, so to speak. Yeah, we're taught that as as young kids. It's the roadmap. Here's what you're supposed to do. And so we do what we think that we're supposed to do. 
and we don't, you know, we don't do it based off of how we feel. We don't use our feelings as our guidance system, which is what they're there for. We do what we are taught to do, follow the rules. Well, you know, I, I can speak to this very um, openly and honestly because, you know, I'm 40 and I've never been married. In fact, I'm the only one in this group <laughs> who's never been married. So and... You're smarter than all of us. So. <laughs> Um, but you know, I will say that I've dealt with people kind of looking at me going, so when are you getting married? Like, oh, you know, looking at their, their hand, like as if they've got a watch on and, uh, looking at me like, you know, you're not getting any younger. And it's like, well, you know, I, I realize all of that, but I, I've always looked at life a little differently. You know, I, I feel like if, the right person had come along, then I would never have hesitated, but the right person hasn't come along for me. And I feel like there are so many things I've wanted to do in my life that are so off the roadmap that we're given when we're young on how life is supposed to go, that it. I figure why am I going to wait till later in my life to explore that when I wanna do it now? And uh, a lot of people don't understand you when you kind of go off that roadmap and you start making a life for yourself that is not typical of what most people do. And I've got, come up against a lot of people who are saying, well, Nicole, what's your five-year plan? Or like, what's your 10-year plan? Or, you know, and I'm just never wanted to live my life that way. And so are you, are you saying that you've never been in love? No, I didn't say that. I said, I've never been married. <laughs> well, but you, you talked you talked about that never having that feeling, and so what what's that feeling that was missing to push it to marriage? Is it's is not that love, I didn't as, have as the feeling. song goes, is love and marriage together, or are they two separate ideals? Well, um, you know, I it's it's for me. I didn't meet someone who I felt I could commit to for the rest of my life. I look at marriage as a very um, as a very sacred union and if I'm going to do it I want to make sure that I'm committing um, to someone I feel like I could spend the rest of my life with and I haven't met someone yet who I feel like I could spend the rest of my life with so it's not so much that I haven't felt in love with someone it's that I felt that I could commit I think there's two, Again, there's going two back, she's the smartest of us four. So, okay. <laughs> and there's two different, I mean, there's being in love, but there's also being, I mean, there's, I've been in love with someone who I would never want, you know, who, who I didn't, knew I would never want to spend the rest of my life with that, you know, would never make a great partner for me for the rest of my life. But that doesn't mean I didn't have, you know, those feelings of like, I think there's so many different, love is such an ambiguous word, really. And there's so many different types of feelings within love. Like, you know, my ex-husband, I loved him. And, you know, I would have I would have laid down my life for him. But I wasn't in love with him. You know, and he was the father of my children. And I loved and respected him as my husband. And I, um, you know, I felt like I loved him more than I had ever loved anybody. But just not in that in love sort of way, you know. And then there's 
other people I feel like I've been in love with, but I know that I, you know, they just weren't the right person for me. Like Nicole said, I didn't want to make a commitment to them. I knew it wasn't, you know, what I wanted. And, um, you know, then there's the, I'm in love with someone who I feel like I could spend the rest of my life with, you know, where it all the pieces come together. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. It, our beliefs, like Brian said, I think really cloud our judgment of what it, what love is. So what do you that, think? That's So what do you think most people think love is? Like, where do you think, I think people go I wrong? think most people think that love is getting, love is like your other half. Love fills the voids that you need to fill. I think most people don't understand that you need to love yourself fully and you need to be whole on your own and that, um, you know, your partner and the person that you're in love with and that you're going to spend the rest of your life with potentially or maybe not the rest of your life. It doesn't necessarily, a, a, a good loving relationship doesn't have to last the rest of your life, in my opinion. But um, I just think that we expect too much from other people like they're there to fill a void like he you know this person should do this for me and we have a, so many rules associated with what we think love is like as long as that person is filling our needs then we continue to love them and as soon as they stop filling our needs then we no longer love them and our love becomes is very conditional rather than unconditional so those are expectations then Yes. yes and those and those expectations like you said do put conditions on love but the reality is is that love in the real sense of what love is is actually unconditional there should be no conditions when you give your love you give your love without any conditions and you're not expecting anything in return and so that i feel is where a lot of relationships get started on the wrong foot and then they're just it's you know, it's hard to maintain that over months, years, decades. Um, you know, I know, Michael, you feel like there's just so many different expectations coming from both on men's side and women's side. I, I, my biggest fear in today's topic is I'm going to bring one of the crappiest views of love out of the, probably <laughs> the, all three of or all four of us. Um, I think I felt this thing that you guys keep referring to once in my life. And uh, it just was oh, just full of sadness and disappointment to me. So it kind of like steered me away from even thinking about it again. I'm probably a head case that I could probably pay lots of money for some shrink to fix for the next 10 years when it comes to that. However, I'm okay with what I'm doing now. And what I'm doing now is being very uh, careful of using the term love if I ever do start dating with somebody because I think us as a society has just ruined that word specifically. Love has become just a generic hello goodbye of a lot of uh, emotions or a lot of things that we say out there. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this before in a, in a past podcast, but I live in South Florida, of course, in the culture down here. You know, you, you have a great conversation to, with the uh, re cash register person and you'll say, oh, my gosh, I love you so much. And that was like two minutes after meeting them. I mean, it's like we just use it so ridiculously that it, I think it loses value when we are younger and more 
um, impressionable. Yeah, but okay, uh, you ooh. saying that though, you're already putting conditions on love. You <clears> have okay. to feel a certain way in order to express love, or it's got to be. Well, in to a me, certain... love is just a bunch of chemicals. So that's why there's conditions yeah, in and, my yeah. in okay. my definition of love. It's okay. just a bunch of random chemical, not random, certain chemicals that we feel a big boost of when we fall into this thing. And unless we get some sort of continuous dose of this chemical drug in our relationships, uh, it usually ends or we just are in that stagnant um, relationship of, yeah, whatever. He's kind of like my roommate person. Um, is, is part of the problem that we only have one word for love and it's love? You know, <laughs> other languages have a lot more depth. I don't know. That's a good question. I just feel like in our language, we don't have the word that I think Lisa and, and Nicole are talking about. Unconditional love. Or, or I've heard it referred to as absolute love. So it's like, you know, I, unconditional love, I have a real challenge with that word too. Um, Why? Or where, that where, where does the challenge come in for that? The, the, because, I, well, I mean, I, I just believe there uh, it will always be conditions of loving somebody I mean, if my even to the point where you're like, well, you know, your mother has unconditional love for a child. I have seen moms hate their own kids, like right in front of my face, with a passion, like hope they go to jail. Hey, maybe not hope to kill. Hey, but hope they go to jail. Hey, and it's just like that. You know, you think that parents, out of all people, parents would have unconditional love for their children down to a T. But it, there's a lot of cases where. It's not true. So I'm not quite sure. Again, I'm bringing probably a very worse view of love, but I'm not quite sure I even believe in, quote unquote, unconditional love. I think that we attach, let me see how to say this, act, act, our actions to whether we love somebody or not. So let's say, and there's so many different kinds of love that we're talking about here too. There's romantic love. There's the love of a friend. There's the love of a child, a parent. You know, there's all sorts of different relationships. So there's definitely needs to be a lot more words than just one for love. But I think that we confuse what, what actions that we take to like, it's like we have to prove our love or something. Like you said, you've seen mothers do things to their children, you know, want, wanting them to go to jail or whatever, not loving them unconditionally. You, you can love, like you could be in a relationship where you're in love with someone and then you can decide that this is not the right relationship for you for whatever reason. Maybe, um, you know, that you feel like that person just isn't heading down the same path that you are. or You're looking for something different in your future. Or you want to go two different ways. But you are in love with each other and you love each other. So you can choose to end that relationship and never stop loving that person. To me, that's unconditional love like i love you regardless of whether you decide that you need you know to move to france or whatever and i that's not in my playbook and i'm not interested and i don't want to do that you know and you can still love that person unconditionally and not have a loving relationship with them anymore does that make sense it's it's like you're not putting actions 
I guess you can still care for somebody. I mean, most people say, I still care for you after the relationship ends, but I just don't, I'm just not in love with you anymore. And, okay, so and Michael, we, we use the term, we use the term love and in love as it's a separate entity. Like you, I'm not, in, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And I, I agree. They are separate in love with you is all those chemicals that happens at the beginning. Love you is like, all right, you're an asshole, but I love you. No, I think in love is just that romantic love, you know, like that romantic love that you're not going to have that with um, like a friend or a brother or a sister or a mother, father, aunt, uncle. It, I, I think that's all it means. It's just it's it's that romantic love. But Michael, you what I keep hearing from you is that you feel like someone needs to be deserving of the word love. Like, it's exclusive. It's not inclusive. Uh, okay. I'm not going to go there. Instead, I would probably say, and this is going to sound horrible, and this is one of the reasons why I guess I have interesting conversations with you guys, but your spiritu your spirituality that you have uh, great faith in, it, it, first of all, is very attractive. And I, and I really do sincerely say I want to get to where you guys are feeling right now. However, you keep mentioning uh, love, and and love is like, you know, and it just keeps on getting me back to a lot of, you know, Facebook quotes and all that junk. But like, love is like how it you are gonna take care of everything, and I really just don't believe in your guys's love. That's my challenge. I agree. And I think love is just more of like a chemical formula uh, in in our lives where we grow attachments to people well if and, you're gonna make love about science then i think it, well that's what it is to me it's science it's science okay well to that's, me, that's we where are made your, up your, all your problems stem from <laughs> but like i told you like i gave the disclaimer at the beginning of today i may not be the best person to talk about with this <laughs> no 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 you're i think you know you're bringing in a perspective i think it's that's good but uh, I think that, you know, when you bring science into love and make love all about science, that's where you lose <clears throat> the, um, the essence of love. You know, but since, since I, too, rely a lot on math and science, and Lisa can attest to that because I'm always saying math and science, um, because things need to make sense for me. And then when we started dating and, and being together. And then I came to that realization, wow, you know, this person is really the other side of, you know, my coin or, you know, the mirror image of my soul. And I want to, you know, be in her orbit every moment of, of every day. That's beyond science, Michael. And, and that's, I think that's the point I was trying to make at the beginning is we have beliefs and your belief right now is that it's a scientific and it's a chemical process. And then all of a sudden your beliefs are shattered when you meet that person. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is why it's good to have you on the show, Brian. <laughs> Listen, spirituality picks up where science leaves because science is so limited in its own. Like, I love science, too. Science is my favorite subject through school and university. 
However, it is so limited in the way that it's designed. It, it, it limits itself just in the very design of its nature or in the nature of its design, I should say. And so <clears throat> spirituality picks up where basically science leaves off and there is a vast, vast area that science has left out. So, um, well, and, and love, I believe is limited to our species and science covers all species and all aspects of life and no, no, geology and everything on our planet. But I don't know if I believe that necessarily. No, no, I mean, no. I, you is, see some serious love from some animals. Yeah, love their, is not limited to our species by any. If anything, animals love unconditionally, unlike that humans. No. That we I should all love like dogs. That's, that's all there <laughs> is. But dogs, I think the love that you give, again, I'm going to sound horrible. Uh, the love that you give dogs back and the, or the, the, what love the dogs give back to you is because you're the one feeding them. You're the one taking care of them. They're dependent on you. I feel like sometimes we fall in love or love someone because we feel dependent. Like we, we depend on them to be happy today. We depend on them to get the promotion in our job. And like there's, that's what I think where the expectations that we were referring to earlier of love kind of can, can kind of get lost in relationships. No, but okay. Yes. Your dog depends on you for to be fed and to be walked and all that. But I don't think that it's love is dependent on you feeding it or not feeding it. And, um, like, I think that's, I think that's our projection onto the dog because that's what we project onto all our relationships is that we believe that it's like, I'm doing this for you. So you're going to do this for me. I do this for you. You'll love me back. And that's where a lot of breakdown happens, especially in relationship is that we believe that if we do this for someone, if I just do this for them, then they're going to love me. You know, it's I it's that, completely agree. And it's that completely whole seeking agree. outside of ourselves, um, trying to trying to prove that we're good enough to be loved. I completely agree. You know, and if we could just get off the romantic side of love for a second, because there's unconditional love in all relationships. But, you know, say it's your friend or your brother or your sister or whatever. I think that we put so many conditions on those relationships as well. You know, like if this, if this person treats me this way, then I'm going to continue to love them. But, you know, if my sister, um, you know, starts doing this or, or doesn't do that for me anymore, then I'm not going to love, you know, I'm not going to love her anymore. And she, she has to do this or it's same with friends. Like, you know, as long as they keep calling me on my birthday or, you know, coming over or whatever the conditions you have it it's we and just for just for the record girls are so worse than boys when it comes to that lisa i i'm i would agree with that <laughs> but uh, yeah absolutely but i mean we just we put conditions on love in all relationships it just gets a little bit trickier when it's a romantic relationship but you know, we use that term, I love you so loosely, you know, you love your mother, you love your sister, you love your brother. But when you, I mean, you just have to watch television for five minutes and you can see how we're programmed to believe, you know, that people have to do things for you in order to, for you to continue to love them. And why can't we just love each other exactly where we're at, no matter what, all the time? You don't have to agree with everybody. 
people don't have to make the decisions that you think that they should make or anything. We have to take responsibility for our own feelings and know that if somebody treats us poorly, like maybe they're just a cry for help or whatever, and that they're just a mirror image of us and, and understanding that we have to love ourselves first. And we're not trying to look for that in another person. Another person doesn't have to do anything for us to love them. I we think you touched have to love them. I think you touched up on something that I did want to bring up, which is the um, how we learn how to love when we're young. And unfortunately, I think um, pop society show, TV shows, movies have just hurt us so badly in this department. Um, I mean, I can just think. I mean, we always go to like those Disney movies as like a very good example of like. Oh, it's such a great story. But when you like think about what it actually teaches, it's like, oh wow, that's not very good at all. And like, and, leave it to Beaver or you no, know, no, I'm, I'm like talking about like I'm talking about like, like that? especially no Disney princess movies. Those things. oh that yeah yeah like or like, any of them right. And then when it says and they lived hep- happily ever after, in the back of my mind now I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like happily ever after. Okay, you meet your prince charming. Everything's great. You you get married in a castle, and they live happily ever after. And then he lays on the couch in his underwear, and he starts. And they don't himself, see that part. They don't, don't see that part, Lisa. They don't see that part on TV. They don't see that part in the movies. And I think we don't know. We as a society in relationships don't know how to handle that part. And we don't. We're, we think that it has to be nothing but roses and wine and, and whatever in in our relationship when it there is that oh wait this isn't is not everything i signed up for and, and i'm sorry to bring it back to relationships lisa because i i actually no, that's agree. okay i just lisa, wanted to make that i point. actually agree with you when it comes to general love with people that you meet um meaning like i love and the word care i care for people i meet i care for you guys I care for why a lot of. Can't you people. say you love us? Like, but I can't. But the reason why I say I say you love is only because society or whatever in my mind has ruined that word. I, I think care is almost a stronger word than love. That's how bad it is, you know. So okay, but so you I, just created like a really negative association with the word love. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so let's talk about this just from the idea of the law of one. Okay, so if we're all connected, then if you don't love someone like it could be a stranger, if you can't have the capacity within you to love everyone, then you have you don't have the capacity to love all of you. And so that's why I feel like your idea of this exclusivity around love, like that it's used so freely. I understand where you're coming with that. Like, I understand that. It's, it's not so much that people shouldn't use the word so freely. It's that I, th- I don't think people understand what love is. And so <clears throat> I, I do believe that love should be given to everyone and anyone. And that that is a testament to how much you love yourself. But I think a lot of people believe you can't love more than one person. Like when you're in a relationship and, you know, God forbid you, you speak of like your ex- partner you know and say you know i love them like your current partner would be like what like you love them like yeah i still love that person lisa you want to hear a funny story i literally lost one of my best friends because her boyfriend saw a text message from me and me and her use the term love you love you too 
That happened in my marriage. My ex-husband freaked out. Yeah, and and her boyfriend said, "You never talk to this guy again. Delete him. I don't even if if you ever do, we're broken up." And it was like, "Are you kidding me?" And again, Nicole, this is the reason why, in my opinion, or not in my opinion, in my life. And I'm so glad Brian's on here to give a different perspective. But in my life, that word love is kind of like on the negative side of the fence when it comes to me. It's not the word love. It's the um, it's the energy that's put behind it over like the years, the it, it's centuries, that, like millennia, like millennia of of, of human existence. Um, it's, but, but those those are those conditions. Yeah. And a lot of times what what I my, what I experienced is it's not that conditions are good or bad. I, I mean, I, I, I guess sometimes it's OK to, to have conditions or expectations. But a lot of times in a relationship, they're unaired. They're not spoken. The 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 expectations are private and I can never meet and unspoken expectation well the, okay so i think you're kind of going into that whole, <laughs> that whole arena where women are like doesn't he just understand that's what i want <laughs> men do that too yeah men do it too <laughs> they do um but that that also speaks to this breakdown of communication where i just don't think people are communicating properly either and so when there's this resentment that starts to build because you have these expectations and someone's not meeting them or they didn't do something for you the way you thought, you know, you would do it for them. Like then, you know, then now all of a sudden your love has become conditional. And that's why it's so important. It's so important to completely be able to love yourself wholly and unconditionally before you engage in a relationship with another partner who ideally you want them to also be in the same um, position as you. And the reality is, is that 99% of the people out there are not. I How agree with that. And I think 99% I of, the, 99% of the people don't know how to love themselves because society teaches you to hate your freaking self. It's true. What is what does true. that mean to love yourself? Like for our listeners, you know, simply, you know, I've said that to people before who tell me, "Oh no, I I love myself." Like they they believe that they love themselves, but they don't understand what it truly means to love yourself. So Nicole, can you like simply explain what, to our listeners like what does that mean to love yourself? I think you need to first of all find and understand all of the things that bring you joy. And once you know all of the things that bring you joy, you need to start doing those for yourself. So um, for me, like, I know that uh, if there are certain activities that make me happy, then I make sure that I am doing those things for myself. Um, I know that in order for me to have a happier mindset, I need to be healthy. So I make sure that I eat a very relatively healthy diet. Um, you know, uh, I also exercise, you know, four to six times a week, whether it's like weight workouts, running or yoga, because it keeps me feeling good about myself. It keeps my mind healthy, keeps my body healthy. I'm taking care of myself. 
Um, you know, the breath work, I do this breath work for every 20 minutes a day and I never miss a day. And it's because it helps me expand my consciousness by me, um, doing this breath of life. I think we've talked about it on the show once. Um, but you know, I sit for 20 minutes and all I do is this breath of life, which is breathing in through your nose to the count of seven holding that breath for three seconds and then tilting my nose towards my heart space, my chest and exhaling through my nose as well. And I sit there and I do that. Um, the first thing I do in the morning is that I, I, you know, like I don't even go and brush my teeth or anything like that yet. That's the very first thing I do because that is me letting me know that I'm taking care of me first in the morning. Like I'm, I'm making sure I'm topped up before I even start my day. And a lot of us don't even think about doing these small little things for ourselves to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're coming at the day um, in the best way possible for us. It relaxes my mind. I feel more at peace. Um, you know, the, these things are all important to me is I want to have a happier life. So I make sure that um, I'm in a state of mind that is not only happy, but attracting more happiness into my life. I look at my friends, you know, am I surrounded with um, like-minded and happier um, people versus people who are choosing more negative perspectives on life, uh, Debbie Downers, you know, that kind of stuff. Like I won't, I don't want to hang around people like that. So, so you have conditions with your love. Interesting. Continue. No, it's not conditions. <laughs> with my, it, no, 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 no. That has nothing to do with love. That has to do with what I want my energy field to be surrounded with. <laughs> okay. But so. I think what, and Nicole, you make a great point. You, I, that's a, you know, I asked you to explain what self-love is and that's, you did a great job because I think what happens is we don't do those things for ourselves. So we know, you know, there's certain things that bring us joy and we don't take the time to think about what those things are and make them a priority in our life. And then what happens is we expect our partner to fill us with that joy. So, you know, we expect our partner to say, you know, bring us flowers or make us dinner or, you know, have the house cleaned up when we get home or, you know, whatever the case may be. And because we're looking for things to fill our joy, to make us joyful, instead of just simply doing those things that make us happy for ourselves. And if we start the day off like you do, and we're happy and we've already filled ourselves up, there's really nothing that we need to look to our partner for. To f We're not asking our partner to fill us up. We're just enjoying our partner. Exactly. You know, we're just enjoying the time that we have with them and we're loving them and they're hopefully taking care of themselves as well. And if their idea of taking care of themselves is something different than your idea of taking care of yourself, like, you know, those things don't, don't, um, cross, like, you know, your partner doesn't want to do breath work and they're not into exercise or whatever, you know, that should be perfectly fine as long as you two understand that, you know, what you're doing is you're filling yourself. But a lot of couples, like, you know, there's, say, for example, the man loves to go hiking or fishing, or maybe he likes to play golf. And it's so typical, I'll just use golf as an example, and the woman to be like, you know, you can't go play golf, like, you need to be home, and you need to spend time with me. And she's not allowing him to do the things that fill him with joy and make him happy. And vice versa, maybe she likes to go have cocktails with her girlfriend or go shopping or get her nails done or whatever, go to yoga, whatever it might be. 
And then he says, well, you should spend more time at home and, you know, the house isn't clean enough. And why are you off doing those things? And I think if in a relationship, if we make the priority to fill ourselves up, not trying to fill each other up, make Mm -hmm. that the priority, I think then relationships would go much better. Yeah, I've always said that I will never expect from someone what I won't, I'm not willing to do for myself, you know, and so if... If I'm not willing to do it for myself or I can't do it for myself, I will never expect someone else to do it for me. And and I don't even want, I, expect is the wrong word, but I would never, um, like I just, it, it's just one of those things where I feel like, for instance, me being single right now, if uh, I really wanted to go on a date and I didn't have anyone to go on a date with, I'd just take myself out on a date. I'd go to a bar, maybe a jazz bar, have a glass of wine, listen to some music. You know, maybe I'd meet someone at the bar, talk, and it wouldn't necessarily just need to be a man, like anyone, and um, just have a good night. And I think we think that, um, you know, when you're single, that if you don't have a partner to go and do these things with, that you just can't go out and do them. I don't know. Like, that's just like I had a girlfriend say, you know, I really wanted I wish I had a boyfriend right now because I really there's this jazz bar and they're playing. There's this band's playing. that I really wanted to listen to. And it'd just be so nice to just go have a glass of wine. And I'm like, well, why aren't you going? Just well, I don't have anyone to go with. And I'm like, so wouldn't don't you want to go? And she's like, yeah. And I was so go on a date with yourself. (laughs) Take yourself and go have a glass of wine and enjoy (laughs) yourself. And she did. And she went and she was texting like, I'm so happy I did this. Like, thank you so much. She was I'm having such a good time. She got dressed up. She put some makeup on. She did all the things that she would have done if she were getting ready to go on a date. And so, you know, she wasn't she doesn't need someone to come now and do that for her because she did it for herself. And I think that's so important. And I, and, and I really do believe that that's where um, a lot of relationships start on the wrong foot is that everyone goes in on both the men and the, the male and the female side that, you know, I'm expecting these things from you because this is what society has taught us, whether it be through, you know, forms of media, um, schooling, religion, whatever it may be that it's supposed to be this way. But that's, you know, to me, when I listened to, to that little story, uh, you were you were right on the money when you said that's what society has taught us, but it takes people like you and Lisa who are enlightened. I mean, not to, not to, to be punny about the, you know, the name of, of the podcast, but you're aware. You you two are more aware of things that are going on in not only your own daily life, but other people's lives. And you pay attention to things that we just don't pay attention to. That's because I was a therapist for 17 years and had people tell me their stories for 17 years on the table. (laughs) And so I listened and I just realized there was this overwhelmingly common denominator. And that was it, is that all these people were seeking outside of themselves for something that they weren't willing to do for themselves. So I I agree, because I'm kind of from the same industry as you are, Nicole, and I deal with a lot of that. And uh, that's where I think people go wrong is that is by doing what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, our our romantic 
partners provide us with some of our biggest lessons of self. And so I know when I think back to any of my um, more meaningful relationships, long-term relationships that I was involved with, you know, they were some of the most tumultuous times in my life, painful times in my life, because they're meant for us to really look at ourselves in a different way. And that's one of the reasons why we um, enter into relationships with certain people is because there's something there that that person is going to be highlighting for us to figure out for ourselves. And, you know, so our partners often become major mirrors for us. And there's a beautiful benefit to that. There's so much growth that can happen through being in um, those types of relationships. It doesn't mean that your only growth comes from that, but there are definitely things that come through um, in those types of relationships that wouldn't come through in others. I think that also is the beauty of art. I mean, I, I know that I, when I think of art, I know that I use the word love. I love art. And I think those are the same, I think those are a lot of the same reasons or qualities of going to look at art is it's it's almost like being in a relationship because there are so many emotions that that artist put on the canvas or in, in the sculpture or whatever the form of art may be that we can learn from and we can, you know, feel that pain or that joy just in, in looking at something beautiful. I think, I think that's all. Uh, okay. So that, I'm sorry to go back to something we said in the past, but that's another way of saying like, or not what you said, Brian, but just using the way you use the term love. It's like, that's another way people say, oh my gosh, I love the iPhone. I love this. I love that. And that's another thing that, I, in my opinion, just kind of really devalues that word. It's I just love like, bacon. I love bacon. <laughs> oh my God. I love, you know, it's just whatever. It's like everything that isn't using the term like. Like, I don't even hear anybody say the word like anymore. Well, except in <laughs> California in the, in the 90s, like totally. Right. Like, yeah, like back then. <laughs> yeah, but still. Well, um, I, I think, though, that that isn't, I think, in English, that's just a result of us having very few words to describe. Well, the reason why I reiterate that is because I think, feel, think, whatever, um, the, that you guys are using a term that almost needs a new word or a, a, a new way of describing it. Because I, I actually... Feel like I understand what you and Lisa are talking about, and Brian for that matter, when it comes to love. But I just don't feel like that word defines what you guys are describing. I guess I hate to say it like that. But that's because well, you've the, got the negative associations. With I know. It, so you I know. need to. And that's you need to let go that's a, of that's that a, Well, that's a me problem, and and I will figure out that on the, my off hours. <laughs> I think but, you can define it for yourself. Define what it is, and. And let go of the beliefs, the old beliefs that you have about it. Yeah, that's well, I don't I think necessarily it's, know it's, it. I understand what you're saying. I don't use the word love. But when people say it to me, it, it, I like poo-poo it or poo-poo it or whatever. That's because love hurts you and you're still and you believe uh, it. in pain well, over that. I just that. don't believe it. I don't believe in the word. and that's my. I mean, but that goes, you know, that's a, a, a problem with that I have. That shouldn't I, be in the show. I don't think that's a problem, Michael. I think you're on to something. We 
have cheapened the word. I mean, I all the TV shows and movies, and we say we love the iPhone or I love the. We have cheapened the word, and it. You want love to be this on its own pedestal, thing. on its own pedestal, <laughs> right? And it's not. It's it's a word that we throw around cheaply. See, I, I knew there's a reason why Brian should be on the show. <laughs> um, you get to use it in your own way, though. So, yeah. you know, be the change you want to see in the world, right? So you yourself get to choose how you use that word. That's what I do, uh, Lisa. So I agree with you. Yeah. So if you, you know, don't want to cheapen it and say, I love the iPhone, then just say, wow, I really like at this current phone. moment. The only people I say I love you to are like the closest friends that I have uh, and then my family and that's it. And when I say closest friends, I can count them all in one hand. <laughs> See, and for me, I don't hold my love back from anybody. Like in my heart, I truly feel love for people that I've just maybe just met, but it's just, it's not a romantic love that I'm necessarily feeling, but it's a love like from my heart. Like I, feel the oneness. Like I know that we are all one and they're so it's a little bit different in, yeah, in that the, regard you're that I, I love deeply. And I, I am moved sometimes just, um, overwhelmed with feelings of love for small things or well, for taught. people or for situations. And, you know, and then there's the romantic, the romantic side of love, you know, when I I'm feeling romantic love, but Overall, you know, I don't hold my love back from anyone and I give it freely. Yeah, it's mm. like that human to human connection. It's just that fundamental um, human emotion of love. It, it's, it's what we're all, it, it's love really is. Everything comes from love. Um, it, Fear cannot exist where there's love. So the opposite of love is fear. Yeah. So when you when you when you know when we last couple episodes we talked about frequency. So love is one of the highest frequencies, and so all of that other stuff. When you're talking about real love, not the love that we're taught to believe, all the uh, you know conditional love. Conditional. Um, then nothing like jealousy um possession obsession all of that stuff can't exist so if it is existing in your relationship then you're not on that love frequency and you can say you love someone and you can say you're in love with someone yeah. but that doesn't mean that you're acting out of love you know i love you so i expect you know if you loved me then you would, you know, behave this way. I mean, my marriage was one big expectation of ifs for love, you know, and it, it just basically, if you let me <laughs> chain you to a fence and do everything that I want you to do for me, then you must love me. And if you don't, then you don't. <laughs> oh, so let's talk about that. Sacrifice. People That's believe <laughs> that love requires sacrifice and it's the biggest falsity ever. Like love does not require sacrifice. And we are so conditioned to believe that that is the case. Religion conditions that heavily into us, I think. Um, 
you know, and that, you know, if you are in a relationship and you love someone, you're gonna have to make some sacrifices or like that whole idea. No, you don't need to make sacrifices. That's not love. Love no, is you should be able to be yourself. Yeah, you should honor the person for who they are. And that person should honor you for who you are. And you don't need to make sacrifices when it's true, unconditional love. There are no sacrifices needed. Just and- because someone doesn't love you the way you want them to does not mean that they don't love you with their whole heart. Okay, now you bring up a good point. We define love by the actions that people do, and that is not necessarily what love is. Yeah, so, that was the point I was trying exactly. to make with even non-romantic relationships, like in anything, you know, if it's by the action, so you can still love someone even though they're not doing what it is that you want or expect them to do. Yeah. You have to let them free. It's like that cliche, what is, you know, let something go and if it comes back yeah, to you kind of thing. Free a bird and Whatever. it flies back. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's think of this thing. Like a lot of women, oh, like, you know, oh, he didn't take out the trash like I asked him to. He doesn't love me. Or the husband, oh, she didn't make me dinner tonight she doesn't love me or you know like or he forgot our anniversary yeah oh he doesn't love love me me. like there's just it's so backwards on um then there's the there's the there's the other side of that too there's i think there's misunderstood love I, i i'm hearing you say those those things made me think of this this joke uh that i heard a long time ago and it was about this old married couple and it's their, you know, 50th or 70th anniversary or something like this. And the, you know, the husband uh, is making her breakfast and gives her breakfast. And she says, you know what? After 70 years, every morning, you give me the, the worst, you know, the heel of the toast. And I just hate it. And I don't understand why you always give me the worst piece of the bread. And he, and he said, but that's the best part. So he felt he was sacrificing because of his love. And and she saw it through a different pair of eyes. Oh, perspective is everything. Perspective creates our reality. So whatever lenses you're looking through is what your reality is. So as soon as you shift your perspective on anything, your entire reality changes as well. So Well, there's love, there's the love languages and and I I know there's a book about it, the five languages of love or something, and we can look up the author of that for the podcast notes, but you know, it talks about how people have different um, love languages of what, how they feel love. Like some people like to, you know, are verbal people or they want to hear it all the time. Or maybe some people feel like they're being loved when they're given gifts or maybe your time or, you know, there's just, everybody has a different expectation of how they feel loved. And if you're not communicating or to your partner and saying, you know, this is what makes me feel loved when you do this or you do that. And we just expect them to know, like everybody loves the way I do. Of course he knows that, you know, I want flowers all, you know, once a week, you know, and some women don't like flowers at all. So it's like, we, just have these expectations, like Brian said, just because somebody's not loving you the way that you want them to, it doesn't mean that they're not loving you with their whole heart. 
Yeah, and I think as like, it all goes full circle, is like if you're already filled with love from your own self, none of that stuff even matters anymore. It doesn't. Like none of that stuff will ever phase you because you're already filled with love. You don't need it from your partner. It's a bonus. It's it's just an, a sharing of of experiences together. Um, you're you're coming to the table and you're you're already full. You know. Um, so I just feel like it all comes full circle with that. So I think that the greatest advice, you know, if I don't know where if we're really in the advice business here, but it's uh, taking care of yourself. Like you said, Nicole, like loving yourself and doing the things every day that you know are going to bring you joy and then communicating that to your partner that these are the things that I need to feel self-love and to feel good every day. And like, how, how can we, you know, make it so that this is going to work, you know, cause people have busy work schedules or maybe they have, you know, kids and things have to get done, right? Somebody's got to cook dinner. Somebody's got to bathe the children or take them to school or, you know, whatever the case is. But in order for me to have self-love, like, you know, I need 45 minutes a day to be by myself or go do the things that I need to do. And you have to be able to communicate to each other and give that time to each other and love that's each other. That's a enough. magical word, Lisa. Communicate. I love it because that's the most something that we thing. all suffer. Not we all. A lot of us suffer from. Uh, and I agree with you. I think if you just know how to communicate your love with any kind of relationship, friendship or romantic, 10,000 times better. And I have, I'll admit in my own failings of my own personal relationships, most of it was communication problems. Mm-hmm. We, we have then, to learn to use our words. We don't yes. use our words. Brian and I actually tease each other. Like, it's a joke. Like, if there's something on your mind or you want something a certain say way, it. like, it's not my responsibility to read your mind. But, like, just and, use and, your words. Just say it. Back, and we go back to the old uh, joke, haha, women expect you to know. Women expect you to read their minds. Mm-hmm. At least on the guy side of the fence, we, that's the joke that we hear. It's like, oh, why didn't you just freaking tell me? I literally, the, the, the last um, marriage counseling appointment I had with my ex, we, I, that was the biggest problem. The, my, my significant other, uh, wife, whatever, uh, did not want to communicate her problems with me. So she stuffed it all inside for many years and boom, we're not together anymore. And so it was like, but like, I'm easy. You tell me something, I'll change or I'll try or I'll do things that will try to help. But if I don't know I'm doing anything wrong for a couple of years, it's like, where's the blame go? Sure, I'll take some responsibility, but like, ugh, just tell me. Ironically, Lisa and I canned read each other's minds. <laughs> that's... That is a different episode, I think. I don't want my significant other to read my mind, by the way. Just so Brian does tell me to get out of his mind sometimes. He, like, he goes, will you just get out of there? Just go. <laughs> this is private. It's so funny. That, that brings me up. Uh, so Tiffany, uh, our common friend, Nicole and Lisa, our common friend, I told Nicole the other day, I'm like, I'm afraid to talk to her because I have to tell her the truth because she'll know when I'm lying. Yeah. <laughs> Telepathic communication. Which is really the, <laughs> really is how we're all designed to communicate. Um, we've just forgotten over the many, many years, um, millennia of years, I should say. Um, but, you know, that's actually how we're supposed to communicate because there's 
feelings already in the thoughts and so you it's already the explained the best way we don't have to find the words and i think languages is where uh it makes it difficult sometimes and obviously like we think just even in the english language like we said we don't have enough words to describe our feelings and we just have this one word love so but how how weird is that you know we we just laughed about it and we just joked about telepathic communication and how that's a problem in a lot of relationships because we don't use our words and we expect people to read our minds, but mm-hmm. then maybe that's the best way and we're not there. That's, that's a very good point. That's, yeah. That's a very good well, point. We're not, too, we're not open. There's too many things that are in the way that are not allowing that to happen. Yeah. And we, and, you know, like vibration and frequency and being so open many variables. And, fear and expectations and all these things start blocking those frequencies so that we're not able to connect. And, you know, obviously Brian and I have a connection on a higher level to, and same with Nicole and I, cause we also read each other's minds to where we, those blocks aren't there. So sometimes it just allows it to happen. Not all the time. I mean, we're not a hundred percent here, you know, but at times there's truly telepathic communication and, it comes to it as a surprise to you, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, that's right. I was thinking that. How did you know? But um, there's just too many, too many blocks. It's like too many blocks to love's presence because love is really all that there is and it's always there, but we're putting up these blocks and they all stem from fear. Yeah. So, and, and while the reality is, is that, you know, we do a lot to fill our own cup up and uh, that allows us, because we're loving ourselves much more, I know I am much more than I did even just like a few years ago, um, that I'm now finding that, you know, telepathic communication is becoming a lot more normal for me than it was, say, even just a year ago. Uh, and it's from what we talked about in the past two episodes on raising your vibrations and make, and, um, improving your frequency so that you're resonating at that higher faster frequency rate so like these when you start to love yourself and do all these things you're naturally gonna um, be in that frequency so these things do become possible when you when you get there and and i think what happens with you know one of the reasons that we don't love ourselves is we're also trained not to we're trained to believe that taking time for ourselves yeah, is selfish exactly. and that we're supposed to make sacrifices and that that's you know the the last option of you know if there's three things we need to do today if it's take a bath because with a glass of wine because that's what we really want to do you know that's going to be the one that's least important because we have to do the laundry first or the dishes or mm-hmm. you know you know, clean the closet or whatever it might be, because we think that we have to be always doing something for somebody else or completing tasks, and we don't prioritize loving ourselves. I just think that's really, really common, and I, I think it's something that we've been taught not to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That whole idea of selfishness, um, you know, being a bad thing, where it's it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing to want to take care of you first because you're no good to someone else if you're not taking care of. How do you have anything to give if you haven't completely filled your cup up? Like, 
They say, you know, you don't fill your cup up to its full. You fill it till it's overflowing. So you have reserves to give. Um, so you need to be selfish to the point that you have reserves for other people, that you're never taking away from anything that you've built up for yourself. That's a great way of saying it. I like that. I think that's great. And I think if, if anyone could learn anything from this um, you know, conversation that we've had today is the, if you want to improve your relationships, love yourself first, you know, and communicate that to your partner as a need that you have. It's, you know, it's as important as eating and sleeping and brushing your teeth every day. You know, you've got to take time to do the things that fill your cup and it's not, it's not selfish. I'm sure that's an argument that a majority of the couples have. I mean, I know I heard it in my marriage about, you know, being selfish, like, I'm supposed you're supposed to do something for the other person first before you would do it for yourself. And that means that you love them. You know, you're supposed to sacrifice and, and I think, think yeah, about what it is they want and do it for them first. Ideally, you want to be in a relationship with someone where you look at them and you see them doing something for themselves that makes them so happy that it makes you happy. You're like, oh, exactly. They're so happy right now. That would make me happy, you know. And, and I would hope that my partner would feel the same if they saw me doing something that brought me so much joy. They just naturally feel happy, regardless if they liked what I did or didn't do. You know, like it's just you look at the joy that comes through, and that's ultimately, you know, I, I feel like that joy then becomes infectious. Um, so if I were to see my partner doing something that really just made them so joyful. I feel like that would build joy within me just to see it. Like it's almost like that energy field will expand around them and, and embrace you as well. Like you get to feed off of it as well. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that that's important for like, I have, you know, I have children and, um, I, they are older now, they're in their twenties and they're making decisions and whether I agree with them or I, don't agree with them, like makes no difference. I love them exactly where they're at. Like they don't, as long as they're happy and they're finding their joy, then I'm happy. You know, there's no conditions as to anything that they have to do in order for me to love them. And I'm trying to, you know, be a good example to them um, by just being that and loving them for each other because they have conditions that they've set, you know, on each other. And I hear I hear that from them and I'm trying to teach them that, you know, just love your brother where he's at, no matter whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, just keep loving him because he doesn't have to do, nobody should have to do anything the way you think it needs to be done in order for you just to love that person, mm-hmm. you know, and if somebody's mad at you and they're not speaking to you, you can continue to just love that person. Just keep sending them love and you don't have to, they don't have to talk to you. They don't have to send you a birthday card. They don't have to do all the things that you think that they have to do in order for you to just continue to love them. I, you know, my friend, I was with her in California recently and we were talking, I said something about, I had done something for my birthday and her, her face just got like all white and she always sends me a birthday card. She always <laughs> calls me and she didn't, she didn't this year. And I literally didn't, remember I really she was like oh my oh my gosh I can't even believe it like I'm so sorry and I was like what do you I go let's just pretend you did because I don't even remember like it doesn't (laughs) matter to me it makes no difference I know you love me like we've been friends for such a long time like whether you send me a birthday card or you don't his makes no difference to me 
Yeah, I don't happens. think any less of you for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, if you have compassion, that's where the compassion comes in. And, you know, you look at the other person just through compassion and say, oh, you know, like, what are they feeling right now? And that it's just it's one of the major elements that gets lost, um, I think, with love is that compassion factor. Because uh, when you bring in the compassion for another all of a sudden your heart just kind of melts a little bit. It's not as cold and, and as icy as it was when, you know, you're like, oh, you didn't do this for me or why did, how could you do that to me? And um, when you start to have compassion and maybe see things from their perspective, it's always nice to have fresh perspectives and to kind of change the lens that you're looking out of because there are multiple ways to see everything all the time. Brian actually has a good example of that right now. It's a very hard example, and I, I'm being forced almost to talk about it. Um, no forcing. No forcing, but you just led the horse to the water. Um, I have a 15-year-old daughter that refuses to speak with me, and it is challenging every aspect of this concept of love that I have. Um, of course, as a father, we've talked about this, I should have unconditional love for her. And sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes it's really hard to, in my mind, say I, I love her because we don't get a chance to to communicate at all there's there's just no phone calls or i i haven't seen her in months um and i know a lot of people deal with that um lisa didn't see her dad for a decade um so i i know people all over the world deal with being in a relationship with family that the the easiest aspect of unconditional love, which is what we've talked about, we should we should have that unconditional love, mm -hmm. but it's hard. It's hard sometimes. It tests you. It definitely does. Um, and you know we're all human, and we're all going to make mistakes, and we're all going to probably uh, move out of unconditional love more times than we realize. It, that's part of being human I think that but it's important again to have that compassion for yourself and understand that you're just doing the best that you can and you're trying I think as long as we have the awareness that we're trying to be better at something that we're trying to improve and and move more towards a positive way of um, living and loving then that's all anyone can really ask for and it's it's a learning process for everyone we're all learning so it but you know I think the unconditional love, you know, we just assume parents unconditionally love their children and that children unconditionally love their parents and sisters and brothers unconditionally love each other. Well, no, that's not the case. Um, there's a lot of dysfunction in many families and it's uh, part of it comes from that idea of not really understanding what love is uh, because we assume that, you know, our parents know everything when we come into this world. And the truth is, is they're just doing the best that they know how, given what their parents taught them. And so it's, 
it's important to always have that aspect of compassion, understand that everyone's trying to do the best they can and that we're all going to make mistakes. But as long as we have that awareness that we are trying to be better and improve upon the conditions that are set before us, then I think that's, that's all we can ask for from ourselves. And I think that we spoke about a little bit before about how, you know, relationships are our greatest teachers and they're, um, you know, everyone is a mirror for us. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe when someone isn't speaking to you or, or not doing the thing that you want them to do, you know, the most important thing is to see see that person as yourself and just continue to love them. Just continue to um, think loving thoughts about them. Easier said than done. Yes, definitely a challenge, but I think it, it helps us to grow ourselves like maybe there's just some maybe we need to show ourselves compassion maybe that's the lesson that it's teaching us you know that that we need to have compassion with ourselves and if we're able to show compassion and love to the person that's hurting us then we're only giving that same gift to ourselves. and and I think if you can turn it around and think of it in that way like okay I'm just looking in a mirror you know how would I want myself to be treated then just continue to love yourself and love yourself by loving that other person just right where they're at. Mm -hmm. Is that not the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. Well, I am. I don't know if my, astral self knew that we were going to be having this podcast recording today but I had a very interesting dream (laughs) and Lisa you are in it well let's hear it Nicole so uh this was actually probably the coolest experience I've ever had in any of my dreams and uh, we were on a paddle board together I guess it was like a it was kind of like that kind of a structure uh on the water and i don't know where we were it was very open water like it was definitely the sea and um there was the sun was setting and then we looked out to the horizon and um there was a massive cloud right in front of the sun before it was hitting the horizon but then there were no clouds around this cloud it was just one big cloud and it was the light that was coming through the cloud was like this magenta purple pink and white flecks all through it um it was really interesting and i i looked at you and i said oh my gosh look it's a heart chakra (laughs) and and you're like what and you're like oh my god it is a heart chakra and um for our audience who doesn't know what chakras are, they're like um, an energy vortex within our body. Like our body has seven major energy vortexes and the one over our heart is called the heart chakra. Uh, and, and however, that chakra is green. However, there's also another chakra, not part of that seven, which is called the high heart chakra and it's magenta. And so that's what I was seeing was that high heart chakra. And it was the coolest thing. It's like, as soon as we knew that it was the heart chakra, it's like it went from a flat image in our eyes to becoming very 3D and the clouds started moving towards us. And these crystalline structures, almost like flat, they were like thin, flat, like crystalline 
structures that were waved, like they were like they were kind of warped, um, and they were coming at us through the sky like we were in the cosmos. And so they're coming at us with the, these kind of purplish kind of stardust clouds around them. And they were going over top of our heads. And I was just looking at it going, oh my God, where's my phone? I gotta take pictures of this. And um, you're like, yeah, yeah, take pictures. And we were just watching. It was so peaceful. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I really, it was the most cosmic experience seeing these beautiful uh it was it was like um wow. agate crystal no it was like agate crystal um but thinner pieces of it that were kind of warped and they were all the same colors like the magenta purple like white stripes through it and pink and they just floated over us and it was and i felt like we were being showered in cosmic love <laughs> that makes i know that sounds really weird but um it was so peaceful it was so peaceful and like that is like that is an element of love is peace and i just remember waking up going oh my gosh i don't know where i just went but i want to go back <laughs> it was really really cool it's it's like i know we were, the question on michael's in my mind is did you have an iphone 7 in your dream no i i never have an iphone i'm so anti iphone <laughs> so <laughs> you don't love your iphone then I, I don't have an iPhone to love or not love. <laughs> I'm just, we were on the, these pa paddle boards the whole time? We were on one paddle board. I was in front of you. Together. I was kind of like lying oh, on my okay. back looking up at the, at the sky. And um, you were sitting at the back end of it. And uh, yeah, and it's just, um, it, it, was, it was like we were in some sort of cosmic heart chakra. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. You guys will definitely have to do a podcast on dreams because Lisa remembers and interprets her dreams often and finds meaning in them. And I rarely do. I rarely remember them. And if I do, I don't search for meaning in it and i'd be curious if michael you are feel the same way i have lots of dreams uh my dreams are many times intense my dreams can be very like like i'm a big uh i, I love certain tv shows like you know game of thrones and all that kind of stuff but like my dreams are more interesting <laughs> you know it's like they have like some serious like interesting Things that happen to them. However, where I, my skepticism builds is like, does that mean anything, or is it just my brain going crazy while I take a nap? And so I kind of agree with you there. So therefore, if I don't put, if a person doesn't put importance on their dreams, there's a very significant chance they're not going to remember their dreams. I, um, I think that's a good that's a good point. But I had a very interesting experience about dreams today. I have been putting a lot of my my personal mental energy into something the last couple of days. And this morning, Lisa told me that she dreamt. She, when she was telling me about her, her dream from last night, it is what I've been thinking a lot about. So, Well, Lisa's crazy psychic, so you got that problem with your uh, significant <laughs> other. Well, the same thing happened with Nicole and I. I 
I had this experience in San Diego uh, just, just a week. couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, where so I was, Lisa, I'm going to Vegas in like two and a half, three weeks. <laughs> chime in to that side of the fence. <laughs> I'll give you some numbers before you go. There we go. And but, by um, the way, the last time I went gambling with Lisa, she won a lot. And Nicole I won the same won. amount last week when I went up. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> good person to go out with in Vegas. Yeah, good person to go to the roulette table with. <laughs> so I, I had this experience where I had a, a very large bug on me while I was waiting for a train, which it's kind of a funny situation. Um, but I ended up missing my train because of, I got a little frazzled and jumped on the wrong train and and I called Nicole to tell her about kind of what my experience and what had ended up happening and she had had a dream the night before about a train and like something I yeah know, I had I had just surf- woken up that morning I had a dream that um, I was running down a train tunnel like an underground train tunnel and um uh, I, there were like really bad spirits or evil people on this train. And, um, I, as they, the train was coming into the tunnel where I was at, I had to jump behind a pillar to hide so they didn't see me. And then the train went through and then, you know, it was about trying to get out of the train tunnel and found a door that was kind of camouflaged into the wall that had a little mini window on it. And that's how we knew it was a, um, a door and we opened it and got into a stairwell and were able to escape. But, um, it was like a confirmation. I felt like I had that dream. Lisa literally was on, missed her train, like in real life, um, because a cockroach was sitting on her throat chakra. Um, and a man came over to her and he's like, don't move. And he put his hand up to her neck. Most people wouldn't allow that to happen. Home, co- a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a palmetto bug. They're much cleaner than cockroaches. So Ryan said it's a palmetto okay. bug, but that's beside the point. It was huge and it looked like it, it was like two inches long. It looked like a cockroach and a homeless man pulled it off my neck. Yeah. And yeah. so and she ends up missing her train um, and getting on the wrong one. And then she tries to get back on to get onto the next one. And, and then it's gone. Like she misses it literally by seconds. So I'm like, you know, I had a dream um, that there were really bad spirits, people on a dream on a train. And I just don't think you were supposed to be on that train at all. And I just think it was a kind of tuning in to. You know, some people will just say, oh, that's just a coincidence. But, you know, Lisa and I kind of know a little bit better. And we're like, nope, that's just a confirmation for me to tell you you weren't supposed to be on that train. Is there no such thing as coincidences in your guys' lives? No. Apparently not. No. Apparently not. Because, like, all of a sudden, I look at the clock with Nicole, and it's 11 o'clock, 11 minutes after 11 o'clock. She's like, oh, my God, it's 11, 11. I saw that yesterday. I looked at a clock or a watch at 111. 11, 11, 1, 11, 11, four times in a row. I didn't miss it once. It just. But it happens so many times a day. That's where I'm like, okay, guys, calm four down. Four times. No, many but times. I think, I think, I think. Well, 12, 11, 11, you know, no, okay. 9, 9, okay, all but that kind of thing. The, significant, the significance of time is in, in those number sequences is that if there's something that you're saying and you notice the numbers at that time and it's significant, like there's a tie in there. Like you should be. Just for the record, at, I'm sorry, I got, we have to say this in case uh, some people are listening and don't know what the heck we're talking about. Uh, Lisa and Nicole believe if two numbers show up in a quick um, moment uh, that are the same, that angels are talking to them. <laughs> Future podcast, cough, cough. 
anyway, continue. We, we might want to end. I think we're. I think our time is up. Yeah, I think we're. Yeah, I think our time, time is up. But we we we, we could do a two. We could do this as a two parter because there's plenty of more that I want to say about this. No, well, no, because well, we have such an exciting guest coming on next week, and sure. uh, that I think is going to be more exciting than anything we could. Um, conjure up with angels and numbers and all well, of that Brian, stuff. Brian, and then promise that Brian will be back on in a future podcast because there's a lot of things that we have left unsaid with this topic. You like having another male here, don't you, Michael? Yes. <laughs> I, I, it, and I it love having be... another skeptical male. In this, and I actually asked Nicole a couple of weeks ago, is there a difference between men and women with what you guys believe? Because I feel like there's a lot more women that believe your guys' stuff than men. Um, like, yes, uh, there, I think that would, it would appear that way. Um, but I also think it's because women are more open to feeling things than men are. And so they're naturally more intuitive and can tune into this stuff. Future podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, it would be my uh, pleasure to join you guys on a future podcast, uh, anytime to, to fill in for Michael, if he, if he can't make it or, or to join the whole crew, uh, but you know what's interesting That's a about great me, idea. what's interested to me, you know, being in a relationship with Lisa and seeing things or experiencing things with her, uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a lifelong skeptic. I I I, I, I just met her son last week and and I told him I'm the mayor of Skeptic Town and he was very relieved um, <laughs> to hear that because he was not sure about what his mom is is doing lately. But I, I certainly have have seen things that, or have experienced things that challenge the foundation of the normal <laughs> of the whole town, yeah. all of all of Skeptic Town, the bedrock. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I think it's always good to have a healthy dose of skepticism um, in the show. I think it's a great. Uh, important aspect of it so um, thank you Brian for being with us today and we uh, appreciate you uh, chipping in all that you offered in your own insight and your own experiences and uh, for our listeners uh, don't miss our next episode episode number seven which is going to be with um, a guest his name is Jim uh, that's all I'm going to say right now, but I'm going to tell you from all of my experiences, I have never in my life met someone who's had the experiences that he has. And I think, Michael, you saying that is a great thing, right, to, as we're going into this um, introduction for our next show, because he, well, he's a man and he's had beyond the experiences that Lisa and I have had. And it's going to blow your mind, the stuff that he's going to share with us. It's I mean, it's unbelievable. So I'm really excited to have him on the show with us next week. And um, for all of our listeners, uh, if you are loving our podcast, please send us some ratings on iTunes. We would love some ratings, um, preferably positive ones. But, you know, we also want to know how we're doing. So if you don't like what we're doing, like, let us know. We, we, we are open to constructive criticism. And so ratings would be great. And um if you have any questions that you'd like to send into our show that you'd like us to answer or topics that you'd like us to discuss, please send them into our email info at enlightenup.us or to our Twitter account, enlightenupus. 
Uh, and if you want to stay up to date on other things, uh, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram as well. We have a YouTube channel that have all our episodes up there. But I am back in Denver next week. And so Lisa and I will be doing little mini videos uh, updates. Plus, we're going on a really cool road trip soon. And we're going to be doing some video diaries of that because uh, it's going to deal with some energetic stuff. So we're going to be doing um, some uploads on that one. So Thanks again, guys, for a really good show. We're going to be back again next week with a highly interesting show to come. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Michael. Love you. Yeah, I love, love you, Michael. Michael. I was going to say, well, oh, I know you love me. Thank love, you, love, love for loving love, me, love, Lisa. Love I, I, I appreciate your word. You, you, know, you could say care for me if you want to like, make it more impactful. I love, but you love too, I'll take Brian, let's just not talk about our relationship right now. <laughs> Can I just say one thing, though? On this show, um, I think the biggest lesson, if you're going to take anything from the show, in my impression, in my opinion, ever since meeting Lisa and Nicole, not meeting, I mean, I meet and know them, um, loving yourself. This is the most generic term we hear out there. Oh, you got to love yourself. you got to, like, appreciate and love yourself. And I hear that. I probably heard that since I was, like, 11, 12, 13 years old. And it meant nothing absolutely shit until I met Lisa and Nicole. And, 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 and I'll give you accolades, Lisa. You actually even impressed me on this show currently by saying, you know, loving yourself means like enjoying things that makes you happy and things like that. Now, I can sit there and be the skeptic and say, well, there's nefarious things that make me happy. Should I love myself because of that? But I mean, that's a later podcast. However, I believe uh, loving yourself is the best thing that I have tried to do in the past uh, three or four months. And I really think that um, I'm actually, I feel like this is a very, if you really care about your current relationship or potentially a future relationship, this is a must. You need to love yourself. But I mean, I, I, apparently I've been loving myself since 13, but I was wrong on how I was loving myself. I need to really correct that. <laughs> with, with lotion and... <laughs> Stop it, Lisa. Stop it. So, with that, was that being too easy. said, you, you got to make sure you take care of yourself. I really actually am more inclined to love the idea of taking care of yourself. Making sure you're, you know you're worthy of whatever you receive in life. I think that's the most important um, information that I received well even in the past hour yes. and a half or so. Yes. So, I, yes, I, love I, yourself. I love it. But love yourself meaning like start dating yourself, start taking care of yourself, pretend like you're the best person in the world and start dating that best, best person and you'll become that best person. That's yeah, it. because wow. if you're dating yourself and your dates are awesome, people are going to be like, I want to go on a date with that person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that, that's, a, that's a great point perspective i really like that yeah so and also big question you always need to ask yourself is am i seeking outside of myself for something in this person that i'm not giving to myself that's the biggest question you always want to be asking yourself so that you're keeping in check with you so but great no i think this was a great show i really think everyone brought some great stuff to the table really informative and real so kudos guys all right. Okay. All right, crew. So we'll catch See you, you next, week. next week, everyone. Have a great week and uh, 
Literally. See you next week, Nicole. Yeah, see you next week. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.